Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to this week's Character Unlock, where we are going to just sit and shoot the shit for a little while because we don't really have a topic to talk about and there's not an awful lot going on, so we're just going to talk bollocks for a bit. I'm hosting, as always, I'm Andrew Brooker, and with me is my good buddy, John Miller. How do? Yeah, hey. definitely definitely going to go with the whole, we don't have a lot to talk about, but we'll, we're saving up, technically, we're saving up for a future show. Yeah. We've got actual things going on that are important to the world. Well... Or at least us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just going to be, you know, as you know, because we can't have a, a subject every time. We can't have a, you know, we can't have a specific thing to talk about every time because we'd run out of things in the first year. So we're just going to talk about what we've been playing and spend a little bit of extra time on that probably. But uh, there are a couple of little bits, a couple of little bits of news, I suppose, to talk about. So I suppose we could could jump straight into those. Yeah, news. And it is like it, it, it's useless shit for most of it. The first one, and I don't, I haven't really read much into it, but uh, Activision has said that their next or this year's iteration of Call of Duty is going to be going back to its roots. Oh. After Infinite Warfare didn't do very well, or didn't do as well as they hoped, because yeah, who could have pictured that happening? <laughs> Yeah. What do you reckon? Back to its roots. What do you reckon that even means? Aren't its roots World War Two? Yeah. So, well, maybe after the success of Battlefield One, and you know, going back to pre-modern day, maybe we will get a, a an, an old-timey shooter from from the Call of Duty lads. Yeah, so, I think you've I think you hit it right on the head there. The yeah. success of Battlefield One. Yep. And I'm pretty sure well, I called that when we first spoke about Battlefield One last year. Yeah, <laughs> Battlefield One is an absolutely outstanding game, but it's helped massively by the fact that it's the the latest Frostbite engine that's finally been refined yeah. from what Battlefield Four's attempt was, which took a long time to sort out. Yeah, I haven't played much about. I still haven't played more than a couple of hours of the demo. I I just I haven't had time really to get into it and haven't really been bothered. So I will. It will be on EA Access soon enough. Yeah, I will play it then. But yeah, well, it's still waiting for a next round of DLC. Has it had its first one? I've got no, no. idea. The first DLC is actually due out this month, I think. I'm pretty sure I read it was February, or it might have been March. Oh, that's a pretty decent gap. Yeah, because they, I think they realised the mistake of you know Battlefield 3's Carcand, where it came out two months after. Yeah. And and four, where its first DLC map was, I think, two weeks later. That mm-hmm. they've uh, they've they've let the vanilla game sell and. It's sold and it's really well. It's really well balanced. I love playing it, 
and I only really pick it up and play it when I've got a certain group of my friends to play it with because they're the ones who actually play the good game mode fair enough which game mode is that? Rush okay Rush because it's console yeah if it was uh, if it was PC I'm guessing I'd play Conquest more often I just I don't like Battlefield 1's Conquest too much okay the maps aren't the maps aren't great for it I don't think they're not it's be- the lack of anti-tank weaponry yeah. if you if you've got a team of people who don't want to go against tanks don't want to play as the engineers don't want to be the support kit they want to run around and just shoot things yeah then as soon as you pick up a tank that's it it's you've won because you just need to roll around and just blow everything up some of the tanks are really poorly balanced the land ship has the main cannon and then two side cannons which are controlled by uh, teammates in the thing the heavy tank is again the main cannon and then it's potentially four other cannons uh, machine guns turrets on the sides to cover all your angles and then there's the light tank, which just is stupid quick and, well, gets blown up after two heavy tank shells. But still, you know, if you're stationary yeah. for long enough in the light tank, you're doing it wrong. Fair enough. So, so do we think Call of Duty going back to its roots would be, if it is World War Two, will we get a Battlefield 1-esque multiplayer or will we, we'll still stick to ice skatey, run and gunny uh, Call of Duty multiplayer? Yeah, what was the... Who's making this one? Sledgehammer, isn't it? Couldn't tell you yeah. off the top of my head. If it goes, if it's going in order, I it's believe yes, it will be Sledgehammer. So, it's Sledgehammer's turn. So, what was the last one that they did? It was... Um, they done Advanced Warfare. Yeah. So, I think that they will probably... It'll be interesting for them, because this is their first step into the pre- the old generation, because they, they started the Advance and going almost space age I think this is going to be possibly World at War style shooter okay. so they'll probably take a lot of Treyarch's uh, lead I'd, I'd be okay with that I liked World at War it I was, was good. I was talking to somebody just at the weekend about World at War and how, how good it was and how much I enjoyed playing it I'd, I'd take more World at War quite happily my problem is is that I liked Infinite Warfare story-wise. Multiplayer, I didn't play. I didn't see the point. I played I, a bit of Modern Warfare's remastered multiplayer, but again, it's not for me. I liked the I liked Infinite Warfare's multiplayer mainly because it had, uh, as the last I don't know what three iterations have to have kill confirmed as a game mode, and kill, yeah. kill confirmed works for me because it feels ever so slightly slower. Yeah. Things like TDM, where it's just it's running around blowing the shit out of anything you can see. I'm too old for that. I'm, I can't be asked. <laughs> I can't. I can't play Twitch games like that. But kill confirmed. While you still got the Twitch gameplay for killing people, things still feel a little bit slow because there's no point in doing it unless you're going to run around grabbing tags as well. That's yeah. just kind of how I see it. I mean, there's probably somebody listening going, "No, you're fucking playing it wrong." That's why I'm not playing it at all. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they kill confirms in Modern Warfare's remaster, I think. Is it? Yep. I think they added. I think they added it in. Uh, so oh, as big a deal as I made about getting hold of Modern Warfare remastered, I still haven't finished it. Wow. Really? I must, I must have five or six games from the last five months since we started doing this podcast. I just haven't finished because I've either haven't got time or can't be asked. Maybe we're doing it wrong. Maybe we should be playing our games and not talking about them. Maybe that's where we're going wrong. I am. I'm 
after or the end of this month, obviously got uh, I've got Horizon coming up. But after that, I don't think there's anything I'm really that excited about. So I might spend some time clearing some of my back catalogue, especially things like Modern Warfare. And I still haven't finished Dead Rising. Wow, I finished Dead Rising. Uh, but I haven't played it since the time you and me were talking about talking it. about it on the party while I was playing it. Yeah, that's the last time I touched it. I just, <laughs> I just can't be bothered to put the disc back in. I, you know, I can't be bothered to play it again either. Mine's a, mine's a digital fucking copy. <laughs> I really wish I hadn't paid for that. Yeah, I found myself in a bit of a bit of a funk around Christmas time. Even though I was playing loads, I wasn't finishing anything. So yeah, so yeah, I, I wouldn't mind finishing Modern Warfare Remastered because it's Modern Warfare Remastered. But uh, by finish, do you mean hundred percent achievements, or do you oh, mean just no. get the story over? Just finish the story. I'm pretty sure. Wow. You haven't finished a four-hour story on normal. I'm pretty sure I'm playing it on normal. I won't play that bastard on veteran because fuck that. There, I I know there are a couple of points that I played that on veteran on the PS3 that drove me up the wall, so I won't do that again. I spent ages trying to get the achievement for completing the uh, tutorial mission. I can't even be bothered to do that. Yeah, I I spent (laughs) ages and I got my time to. I think I'm only. 0.7 0.7 of a second too slow to get the achievement wow and I just I looked at the time and I was like I'm way too tired to keep doing this <laughs> and turned it off and then I was like I'll do it in the morning and then that never happened yeah. never never, tr- never turned it back on again I might have actually I but, don't know if I've migrated it to my new hard drive but the thing is I just I get so sick of trophy and achievement chasing especially being on the the Xbox beta program because it keeps fucking with my achievements it really pisses me off because half the time if I if I don't completely close down the game and then open it up again my achievements will appear in the background but they won't pop on the screen so I don't know if I've gotten them or not yeah and that bugs me but like Resident Evil I had a crash lost my game had to start again and then not one single achievement popped the entire game the entire time I played it wow what the fuck so <laughs> I just not that it doesn't bother me that much but like it's frustrating because I finished the game and I want my achievement for finishing the game because it is an achievement finishing that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an achievement finishing the first mission. Yeah, so I just I I I have since pulled out of the beta program. I just turned it off. I, I don't want anything to do with it because it bugs me. More Call of Duty. Call of Duty back to its roots. Okay. Kind of. One of the stories. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Kind of talking Call of Duty and. Activision and that kind of tenuous link. Activision have confirmed that we're going to get a Destiny 2 back end of this year, and it's going to be more accessible to social players. Mm. Yeah, which is good because the last thing I wanted to do with Destiny a week after it came out was play Destiny because everybody yeah. had already spent far too long playing it for me, and the barrier for entry for me at that point was too high. You know, I just don't have time to spend leveling myself up on day one yeah will you be picking up Destiny 2 do you reckon if Destiny 2 happens then yes I mean Activision confirming it it's not the same as Bungie confirming it I guess unless Activision decide that they're not going to go with Bungie with uh, Destiny because they own the license to the name of it so well within the rights to just go yeah fuck you guys we we want Destiny 2 because money yeah Uh, we'll see I, I, I'm not that interested. I guess we'll see some at E3. If it's coming out back into the year, it'll get leaked just before E3 and we'll see it 
I don't know, probably at the PlayStation conference. It'll have some exclusive PlayStation stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, if Destiny 2 gets released, I might pick it back up. I might play it. I might buy it even. But I've got whatever the newest expansion is. I don't know what it some something about iron hammers or whatever. Okay. Yeah, for the for the guy who loved Destiny for two years, I, <laughs> I don't give up giving any I, kind of a fuck about it. I don't, I don't even know what the most recent DLC is called <laughs> or expansion pack. Fair enough. It was it's too little, too late. It's too too little new content, and it's coming too late. It's not. The problem is, is that year one had a full game plus two expansions that lasted about three to four months each just in additional content and post game well the second one was a bit less in additional content and post game post story for that section and um, whatever the newest the previous one um, I can't remember what that one was called either the one with Oryx that guy that one was a a pretty okay expansion (laughs) I I have to take your word for it I didn't play (laughs) Destiny like at all Seriously, it's like I love Destiny so much, but suddenly I've forgotten everything. I don't even care anymore. I'm just fuck Destiny players. <laughs> Should we, we move go? on then from Destiny? Yeah. And I, I mentioned it briefly just then, but uh, E3 this year, hilariously, not surprisingly, are selling, and I think at, at the time we record, have already sold out of public tickets. They're charging. They're, they're allowing the public into. E3 this year. Hmm. Yeah. $249 for a three-day pass. Yeah. Which I suppose actually isn't too bad. That's relatively fair, considering it's E3. They could they could slap... A, a, that's a lie. Someone will sell their ticket on StubHub for $1,000, and people oh, yeah. will buy it. Oh, yeah. But 250 bucks. I mean... Even if you go a one-to-one ratio, 250 quid, I spend more than that for Fright Fest. True. So, you know, I can't... I can't, uh... I can't take the piss out of people for spending that much for going to E3. But I just... I don't think people that are buying tickets... Maybe some of them are, but I don't think people that are buying tickets realise that they're basically just buying tickets to PAX or EGX. It's that kind of thing. They're not going to get to the conferences... All the big stuff's going to be behind... Locked away. It's going to be locked away in rooms with press appointment only. You know, that's how these things work. And the other side of it, of course, like last year's E3, half the big companies weren't even there. No, you're right. You know. So they're essentially paying for what would be four Nintendo Switch games. Yep. Just to go and see four probably Nintendo Switch games. Assuming, because all of it... <laughs> assuming Nintendo turn up, because they weren't there they have- last year. They just have their online I've forgotten what they call them yeah they're, they're their little conferences every couple of months don't they yeah the, those Nintendo things yeah they just have one I, of I know. for E3 yeah that's usually streamed from Japan yeah uh, because they're probably so yeah. not allowed to visit America anymore but you'll get because I mean we're a little way off yet but we're assuming things like the Scorpio is going to be there the Scorpio will be shown off at the conference and it will be shown off the press almost certainly it won't get shown off to the public. Scorpio will probably have uh, its own Xbox um, showcase, yep. whatever they call them. What do Microsoft call them? The, is, it, is it an Xbox showcase? It's, I think it's the showcase. or yeah. it's About four or five weeks before E3. 
the Scorpio will be announced there and the press will be invited and then E3 will turn up and they'll do a little bit more talking about the future of Xbox and the games coming and they'll maybe the press will get Scorpio and the people in the crowd who aren't press will get to so see some videos of it they'll get to see some videos of things <laughs> and then they'll go back stage to you know the, the play area for the fans and all the cosplayers walking around in their chocobo suits oh god oh god <laughs> cosplayers everywhere no I, I, I think you know I think it'll, I'll stick to watching as much as people take the piss out of him you know watching Jeff Keighley's coverage on YouTube gaming are you going to take time off for E3 this year like normal? Or are you uh, not bothering? I don't know. I don't know. It depends. Depends on work. Depends on what's going on. Depends on where our podcast falls for it as well. Because if we're recording on the Tuesday night of E3 week, then that will be a long episode and I'll probably need time off work just to edit the bastard. Yeah. You're not wrong. It depends. Uh, you know... It, it, the work, it all depends on what's going on at work is the honest answer if I'm you know if, if I'm able to watch the Sony presser at work then I won't stay up for it I'll go to work and watch it in the background at work that's what I did last year yeah <laughs> you know if it's possible for me to do that I'll do that or maybe I'll get up a half hour 45 minutes earlier and watch it before I leave for work you know I'll watch the the, the stored stream on Twitch or something I don't know. It it depends on where it falls in our and what we end up deciding we want to do for E three in the podcast because it all, yeah. you know obviously we've got to cover it because we're a video games podcast so it all depends. Yeah, who knows? We might even do a live cast. Not at four in the morning. We fucking won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean that's that's there are ideas I have for that, but they're to they're to be discussed after we get your Mass Effect special out of the way. <laughs> One special at a time. I take offence to the word special. The special? <laughs> Mass Effect. <laughs> so many complaints. <laughs> so, so many, many complaints. <laughs> <laughs> so many cease and desist letters. I've literally just lost all of our listeners doing that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, back, back to maturity. Back, no, <laughs> back to immaturity and not, you know. Uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> before we go full the Donald. Yeah. So, yeah, that's E3, and that's what I was talking about for E3. So, yeah. Uh, the only other thing I haven't done is because I, I said earlier I pulled out of the beta program for for Xbox, but you said they've updated the dash for it. Yes, there's a new dashboard update for the uh, the beta program. This this one was on on an opt out system as opposed to an opt in system. To what they normally do when they put the releases out. Okay. So before with the releases, they go. By the way, we've got a new release coming out. So what we're going to do is we'll say you need to update this app and you need to then sign in and go. I want to be on the new release. Yeah. Whereas this time they pushed the message out saying there's going to be an update for your dashboard coming up in the next couple of weeks if you don't want it you don't have to have it fair enough so what I did was just ignored it because I wasn't didn't even turn my Xbox on I didn't even realise I'd had it the message until I looked and turned my Xbox on and I saw the message after my dashboard had already updated <laughs> so I literally flicked the Xbox on huh dashboard's changed what 
and I looked to messages. You've been op- you've been uh, selected for the uh, option for the <laughs> updated dashboard experience or whatever they call it these days. Yeah, I, I think it's the creator experience or something like that. Okay, right. but so how is it? It's pretty. It's less cluttered than it was before. You don't get that big screen in the middle of your thing of the of your screen telling you what it is that you're playing and you know the video of what it is that you're playing despite the fact it doesn't move because you're not in the game and it's usually paused itself okay yeah so it's done away with that when you're in a game and i'm assuming it's apps the same because i haven't got that far and you press the guide button it doesn't take you back out to the home page it brings in the new snap menu which takes quarter of a second to load up and then you've got a whole new snap menu on the left hand side the new side dashboard as as I'm going to start calling it from now on okay. kind of like when you back in the on the previous one your iteration you double tap the guide button yeah. and it brings that in from the side Yeah. now it's just that from the single tap okay and then when that comes in it's when you press the guide button it's you can press X and Y pretty much immediately to do the record that or the screenshot so it's much quicker than the double tap wait press Y screenshot's already gone by the way you know whatever you're taking a picture of has happened months yeah. ago because of how slow it used to be but now it's almost instantaneous that it pops up and it's ready to go can I share screenshots properly now because uh, I, fu- yeah. I fucking hate the sharing on Xbox I don't do it because it requires someone to have a it, you know, it opens up a completely new window within my, the Microsoft Xbox site every time you share a picture uh, you can share via messages on Xbox but I'm not entirely sure if what the sharing is like I don't okay. think I, st- I don't think you can because st- like when you do the share button on PS4 literally I hit the share button I say take screenshot and I decide what I want to share it with and I can type my little tweet out and send it out and that's it it's a picture attached to a tweet and by that what you mean is you press the share button wait a month and then, well, then yeah. you can do the tweet but, the, but what it does do the second you hit the share button is it saves the screenshot anyway yeah so you haven't lost anything and that's the important bit yeah but it usually pauses the game as well I'm not entirely sure about the share I don't okay. think because I don't think that there's a native Facebook and or Twitter experience okay. for Xbox yet Fair and enough. there probably won't ever be I don't think they really see the point of it it's a bit because it was on Twitter and Facebook were both on the Xbox 360 and I don't think anyone used the apps I think they they've actually pulled support of them because they've yeah. also a couple of other apps have pulled support of 360, but it's neither here nor there, really. It's the Xbox 360. Yeah. The only thing that's good for is playing classic games now. True. Through. But yeah, it's just, uh, it's the, the you know, the instant sharing of screenshots is fantastic. I love doing it on PS4, but you can't do it properly on the Xbox. I'm not on the Xbox One, and it frustrates me. So I don't do it. Yeah, well, I think I've only recorded a couple of things by on purpose where I've done a an Xbox record that process, but even then after doing it within 10 minutes I've already forgotten that I've done it and I don't even care anymore and it's it's (laughs) it's filed away somewhere which is and it's considerably less visible now it's I they don't you know force feed people the community channel anymore that's good with what they did before where it's you you record something and you know everyone the whole fucking world and their wife of your friends list see a notification going oh these have just recorded this press here to look at it <laughs> yeah no no fuck off Fair busy enough. doing my own thing oh, okay I mean do, what's the the timeline do we know when it coming out to real users 
Uh, general timeline's usually six weeks, I think. Okay, so, we'll see it soon enough. Yeah, you'll have it soon enough, and you'll probably love it as much as I do. Fair enough. Or I'll be indifferent to it, because I've barely touched my Xbox in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm pretty indifferent to it anyway. I didn't even... <laughs> I barely knew it was happening. Barely barely noticed it, apart from the fact that the giant screen's gone from the middle of the fucking TV. And when I press the guide button, it opens up almost instantly. Fair but enough. It's essentially the exact same list where you've got your achievements, party, friends list. Yeah. Okay. Other thing, notifications window, messages and settings. And all I do is press the guide button, scroll down to the settings thing, flick over into that, and then just change where it is that I want my uh, uh, balance between chat and game volume for my headset. Fair enough. (laughs) This is the sole purpose for the guide for me. (laughs) So I don't hear one of my friends because he talks incredibly loudly. And then when he's not there to fix it back the other way so I can hear the other friend who mumbles. <laughs> they might get them to swap mics. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, be worth a try. <laughs> I, think, I think that's all our news, unless you can think of anything else we need to talk about. Um, nope, that's, that's news done. So what we've been playing is... Here's uh, an interesting list this week because, well, I was on holiday last week, so I got to spend a bit of time just tinkering with stuff. But before, before we get to my list, Mr. Mr. Miller, what have you been playing, my friend? Well, first of all, you said tinkering, mm-hmm. right? Not not tinkling. No, I've not been tinkling. Got it. Right. Anyway, so between the last episode and now, from the last episode when I mentioned I was playing Mass Effect Two, what I've done is. Now you'll 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 be you'll be strange to guess this. I played Mass Effect three. Wow, so at the very least, vu. yeah. Or at the very least, I've done the first couple of missions of Mass Effect three because I I don't have the time to play through it all at once. And there's other games that I kind of want to play sometimes, and 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 all of the other stuff. But I actually did one other thing, which is that I didn't finish Mass Effect 2 before we last podcasted. I'd missed one of the DLCs, so I went back and played that. And it was a Project Overlord, which, if you follow the Character Unlock Twitter account or my own, uh, you'll know that Project Overlord is pretty fucking tense for, you know, the Mass Effect RPG. This, uh, Project Overlord is the one that you played, Brooker, before realising you were playing one of the DLCs and you probably shouldn't be that far along. Yeah, but the problem was at that point I spent an hour getting really frustrated and bored. Yeah. So I just turned it off and never went back. But if you do get your character sorted and you know, you've know you played it a little bit and you've got a couple of the other characters and more specifically you have uh, Legion on your team, you actually get a fair bit of new and interesting dialogue for that mission because you have Legion. Okay. So, it's good to play post-game. Once you've finished the mission, the, the the main story, and you decide to do... That's when you should do the DLC. So, Overlord, Shadow Broker, and Arrival are all really designed to be set after the main game. Okay. Um, conveniently, I think Lair of the Shadow Broker is approximately set at the same time which uh, the... Pathfinders leave to go to the Andromeda system, so there's the the nice little tie into Andromeda coming. Okay. Anyway, so I played Overlord, and yeah, when you're walking around for Overlord and you get the 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 VI virtual intelligence 
screaming at you as you walk around corners and having doors open in front of you close before you get them get to it and then a different door opening yeah. to your side like it's fucking with you Overlord is a pretty pretty fucking spectacular bit of DLC and I it's the one that I always play and I remember saying oh, I fucking love Overlord Overlord's great and I get around to playing it and I'm like I'm getting a little creeped out now and start rocking backwards and forwards if things are going on around me. Nice. So, yeah, Overlord played, finished, moved on to Mass Effect 3, fired it up, and I I remember why I didn't play Mass Effect 3 that many times in the past. It's slow to start with for no real good reason. Okay. Mass Effect 2 throws you in as you've seen and as people have seen in that the game fires up you get a nice cutscene of Normandy blowing up Is that when you're and, shot into space? Yes. yes. And you die and then later on you get brought back to life and then you get put thrust into the action. Yeah. Mass Effect 3's opening is you're in prison. Okay. Because of the stuff that happens in Mass Effect 2 and whether or not you did the arrival storyline or if you didn't you're in prison because either or you've done you're a, you've done something that's illegal either for the alliance or you're a war criminal either or okay so you're in an alliance prison you've been discharged essentially or at least suspended from the alliance military and you get taken to the alliance council and they talk about how they've lost contact to everything outside of the soul system so you know they, they're all going on and Shepard says I'm just here to tell you what you already know the Reapers are coming the Reapers are here and then big explosions happen and then you have to escape Earth before going to Mars meeting Liara and then losing access to Cade and Stroke Ashley depending on which one you saved from the first one for a couple of missions Right. Well, I say about a third of the game at the end of Mars. Then you move on and where I am at the moment, which is the first kind of DLC, which isn't really a DLC. It was locked behind. I think it was you had to buy the games. It was part of the online pass almost because that's what EA did back in the day. Yeah. So a, if you bought the game and you played it, I think you got access to... Eden Prime, which gave you an extra character, which was a Prothean called Javik. So I've done that so far. That's how far along I am. I've lost Caden temporarily, and I've got Javik, Liara, and Freddie Prince Jr. Fair enough. So you're going to be finished it in time for Andromeda? Yeah, I th I'd like to say that I will be. Depends on how much I play the other two games I'm going to talk about in the, I, with what I've been playing. First of all, being of the first game that I played, obviously, is for 17 fair enough fresh off the bat of Matt's lovely visit to the podcast where he talked about FIFA uh, and mentioning the weekend league I decided to try and qualify <laughs> for this weekend's weekend league fair I enough. failed miserably at qualifying for it it's got to a point now where if you didn't play and you try and qualify for the weekend leagues it's almost impossible to do so if you haven't previously qualified because there's so many people that you, when you fire up to play the weekend league I end up against people who've played nothing but FIFA since it came out wow okay so I, so I fired up I played one of the games that I played had 
a dude with um, team of the group stage players all over it and team of the tournament players from the AFCON and team of the week players everywhere. It was literally just every single card was a special card or rate or yeah, I'm pretty sure they were all special cards. So this is a person who spent either God knows how much of their own money buying coins or they've just spent a fucking ton of money on green EA sports fun bucks. Yeah. Just to, pay for packs to open and pack things just so they can then enter the weekend league get their rewards out of it get their cards sell some crap they don't want to keep and then build a squad of players rated almost 90 and above so naturally I played against him and lost (laughs) although I didn't lose badly and I managed to keep it to a reasonable 3-2 defeat where I scored first, then he scored three, and I pulled back one, and then he just decided to sit back and defend, so I couldn't. But his three goals were scored by players who can score from almost anywhere on the pitch if they just shoot, and it'll go in because they've got fucking ridiculous 99 shooting or something. (laughs) That kind of player. Yeah, fair enough. So didn't get very far with that one then. No, and I decided I'm never going to try the weekend league again. Just not, just not worth my time and effort. I'm not good enough at FIFA, and I'll, I'll admit that readily. I'm not good enough at FIFA to play the weekend league. Maybe if, maybe if I played it from the start, yeah, then I'd have some rewards. But no, it's not for me. Competitive FIFA is not not my forte. Fair enough. Competitive Rainbow Six Siege, however, <laughs> I can do. Played a lot of Siege at this weekend. Uh, mostly casual I played a couple of ranked games because well I only really ever play ranked when I'm playing with other people and most of my friends don't like playing Siege at the moment or well for some reason I managed to convince a couple of them to play Siege for a couple of hours and then after about four games they decided to not decided to move on to playing doing other things but I played carried on playing a bit more Siege and I've re-fallen in love with Frost and Buck the two Canadian operatives. I was going to say, you, you need to explain that. I don't know what Frost and Buck are. Frost is the defender for the um, that was released in, I think, Black Ice Okay. DLC, which was the second one. Okay. No, first one. Yeah, first one, because the second was Skull Ring. Yeah, first DLC, so pretty much the first set of DLC characters are the ones I like and I don't really care about the rest. Fair enough. But Frost is the character with bear traps in briefcases, so you just put them down by windows. People smash through, land on them, instantly incapacitated. And it's just like, use them as bait to shoot people trying to revive them or just kill them. <laughs> Either or. Or just wait for them to die slowly while they're, you know, pouring at their hands, at their feet because their their legs stuck in a bear trap. <laughs> Always fun to watch. Yeah. And Buck is a chap with a uh, either an assault rifle or a single shot rifle with an underbarrel skeleton key shotgun okay. which is fucking ridiculous I've mentioned this before yeah. in our best of 2016 games yeah no, I remember however there are new operatives in velvet something whatever they call this current one the new one where they are Spanish so remember when I I think 
I mentioned that they were span Spanish operatives when I actually meant Japanese. Yeah. In the in the pre in the, <laughs> the previous time I mentioned Siege during the the award show. Uh, so the new operators are Jackal, who has the ability to scan f- defenders' footprints. So he's uh, and he's an attacker. Uh, you walk into the area, you can see the footsteps of where the defenders have run around to, which, when you play casual, doesn't happen very often because the defenders tend to just barricade themselves into the room that they're in. Literally, it's like, this is the spawn point, this is the objective. We'll put barricades everywhere and never leave this room. Fair enough. So then you just walk up with whatever explosives you got and just go, boom, everyone's dead. (laughs) And the Defender, which is a lovely, interesting character called Mira. Okay. And her power, or little bit of tech gadgetry, is a two-way mirror that she can fit onto any destructible surface. So you could put the barricades up, which put, um, you know, reinforce the walls. Yeah. She sticks on this two-way mirror, which uses compressed air to burst a hole through it. But you can see out... They, your opponents can't see in, so you can see where all they are. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, is that the glass is bulletproof. Wow. Okay. So you can see, so you can see them. They can't see you, but neither of you can shoot each other. Okay. Unless, because there's a compressed air canister. So if you shoot that compressed air canister out, then the glass disappears. <laughs> okay. So at this point, you can both shoot each other. Yeah. But the thing is, is that you know when you're going to do that and make the glass yeah. fit. They don't. So they could be standing there looking, just walk past. Say, oh, I can't shoot them. So if they walk past, you put the thing, cat the uh, glass out, and then you just mow them down. Yeah. Bloody hell. I mean, I, I assume this game is balanced because some of the stuff you said doesn't sound... It sounds a bit OP to me. Yeah. That... Straight, amusingly, there's actually a really interesting and amusing thing that I've come, I've done when someone has stuck one of those mirrors up. In that they've put one up, I can see that my teammates are the other side of that glass, and I'm the other side of the room, yeah. for instance. So I'm not actually in the defending point. I'm outside the window, peeking in, looking. I've put a hole in the in the, one of the windows, yeah. and I can see the gas canister. So I can shoot the gas canister out, and then they can shoot in. Yeah. At which point, that gives us the advantage, because from this point on, we know when the glass is going to disappear, and they don't. Okay. So, roundabouts, be a bit more careful with your uh, with your uh, mirrored glass. <laughs> Fair enough. That's me done. Yeah? I'll let you talk the VR to <laughs> cows come home. Well, I tell you what, I'm not going to start with VR, to be honest. You're going to start with... No, I'm going to start with two that ain't VR. So the first one, I finally... Because obviously, Brian, uh, our previous guest, the man that joined us for the Assassin's Creed podcast, uh, recommended to me quite a while ago, actually, Firewatch. And what was quite interesting was, I was like, okay, I definitely need to buy this game. I need to go and buy it. And I saw it was on sale. So I went to buy it. And it turned out, I'd already bought it. I just didn't (laughs) realise. I'd bought this game and just left it there it's pretty typical of me buying games so I bought I downloaded Firewatch finally and I started it on Tuesday I started it about I don't know 10 o'clock Tuesday morning must have been and finished it by half past three Tuesday afternoon like in one sitting I sat and played this game and it is really really good 
you play a guy who's on Firewatch in a. I think it's not. It's not Wisconsin. I, I was. I was about to say Wisconsin. I'm almost certain it's not Wyoming. Uh, in a Wyoming forest. So you play a guy who's literally it's his summer job to sit and stare at his window and make sure there's no fires and you know kick people out of the forest who are having bonfires where they shouldn't have them that kind of shit but it turns into this kind of mystery as like weird things start happening and you know there's there's missing people and there's you know, you know straight you, your only contact is with another firewatch person whose tower you can see but you never see them and you just you talk to them on the radio and it's it's a literally like a five hour five to six hour mystery game where you just walk around in the woods for a bit it is that sounds lovely it's weirdly compelling I I wasn't sure I was going to like it the end falls a little bit flat but actually it's a very very good game and it's almost constantly on sale now on PS4 and Xbox One so I definitely recommend people pick it up and give it a go if they haven't already it's it's a fun little experience it's uh I was pleasantly surprised yeah that sounds quite nice <laughs> it was it was decent I was I was very surprised but yeah I was more surprised actually that I suddenly realised not only did I finish this game but you know five hours had gone by and I hadn't even noticed you know it was that that was impressive for me to just be sat you know on my chair not really moving except to occasionally get up and get a cup of coffee no, I was. It's been a while since the game's done that. Yeah. For it to be that short and and be finished that quickly was was a nice experience. It was nice to finish a game in one sitting. I haven't done that for a long time. But the other the other non VR game I I played and I say game uh, demo. The other non VR demo I played. I played the For Honor beta. Let's say you're not you're not buying into the word beta at all this time, are you? Just not, demo. Not when the beta is three days before the game comes out <laughs> at that point it's not a beta test even slightly it's a fucking multiplayer demo yep beta is just a word that's been picked up by marketing departments because it sounds better than demo and they can get away with saying actually no that's not what the real game's like don't fucking tell me when I'm playing a game on Sunday that comes out on Tuesday that this is not what the final game is going to be like it was a 30 gig download that was the whole game I'm fucking sure of it. Yeah. 30 gig fucking demo. Took almost all of Sunday to download the bloody thing because PlayStation Networks are slow. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking thing. But, and the the worst bit was it wasn't even worth it. No? (laughs) No. It's, I really didn't like it. It's slow. It doesn't, it feels clunky. It's basically the two modes I played. So I played dual mode, which is just one-on-one, you and one other guy. At which point yep. it's like crap Mortal Kombat. Okay. Uh, it's just you and another guy swinging axes or swords or whatever at each other. And remember, of course, this is a game where you get to play a knight or a samurai or a viking and just swing heavy weapons around. This, This is my dream game. You know, I want to be a Viking swinging heavy weaponry around. Aren't you already a Viking swinging heavy weaponry? I don't have any weaponry. I have a broom. It's about all I've got. It's not very heavy. It's an indoor broom. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a game that on paper sounds really, really interesting. 
But I tell you the bit that really put me off. Uh, sorry, I, I tell you, I'll, I'll leave that bit for a moment. And the other mode I played was similar to Conquest. It was basically three areas that you have to capture, and then once you capture them, like you get points, and when you get up to like a thousand points or something, then you have to wipe out all of the other team's heroes. And okay. once that's done, then you win the round, which means the rounds can go on for quite some time. Yeah, that's fine. Doesn't bother me, but it just it felt clunky, and you kind of run into these scenarios where there's there's four of you, or four of your team, and four of the other team, and you kind of end up in this mass of bodies, trying to lock onto people to hit them with things, but you're also swinging at like bots. You know, like the grunts from Titanfall. It's just like waves of these little men that you can just you can kill and get extra points from. Like uh, Dynasty Warriors. Maybe. You've never played Dynasty Warriors, have you? No. You just upset a couple of fans, I think. I don't know why I'm doing a video game podcast. You're <laughs> just constantly upsetting people. <laughs> I've never played. I've not played anything. But it. Okay, so it's not shit. It was kind of all right, but I lost interest in it within a couple of hours, which meant that I actually spent more time downloading it than I did playing it. But the yeah. biggest problem for me was before you get into the multiplayer, before you get into this demo, this thing explains... I can't remember what they call it, but it's like faction mode on Mortal Kombat X where you pick a faction. So here it will be Vikings or Samurai or Knights. And then the points you accrue by winning matches or the points you accrue by doing things go towards a worldwide faction war okay so and then like every I think it's every week or something all the the numbers are totaled up and then like this week the samurais won the faction war or whatever it's called and I don't mind things like that it works you know it, it has worked very well for for Mortal Kombat but that sounds cool, but unless it's done on some kind of average basis, because you could just end up with more people playing as the samurai than any other. Well, it, it, you have to select what faction you play for, and then all those points. So you select at the beginning of the game, I want to play as the Vikings. All of your points will go towards the Vikings. It doesn't change. You can still play whatever hero you want. So if you your, want to play as a knight, you still play as a knight. But your you points, earn points for the Vikings. Yes. Okay. Uh, again, so it's very similar to how factions works in Mortal Kombat X. So you, you choose. I want to play as the Shaolin. It does not stop you from playing as Scorpion or Sub Zero or whatever. But all your points that are accrued go to that faction. Got it. Now the thing with Mortal Kombat is it works and it works well because to accrue points you only have to quickly boot up your game and have a two-minute battle. The problem with For Honor is some of these battles. One of the ones I was in took about twenty minutes. That, well, that's fine, that. but I can't be asked. And the bit, the best thing for me, and this is the bit that made me laugh, is that they explained that this is going to be done in seasons, and a season will last ten weeks. And I was like, that's all well and good. It's a Ubisoft game. No one will be playing it in ten weeks. No one. Okay, maybe that's a bit glib. <laughs> Three people will be playing it in ten I was, weeks. I was going to say, hang on, right? I play Siege still. Right. Siege is different. Siege, okay, no, Siege isn't different. Siege is probably the same, but like the division is a is a is an MMO, you know. So that's and got it's a pile of shit. Yeah, but it's the MMO. It has a built-in audience. I don't think For Honor 
has that kind of audience. You know, it's not a first-person shooter like like Sieges. But I don't. I'm, okay, it might. It, it's mean to say no one will be playing it. But I don't think. I think by the end of season two, so twenty weeks, six months down the line, or five months down the line, I'm not sure the numbers will be there to make it worth playing. I just. I don't think. From what I played from the demo or the beta, the game doesn't have any longevity. I don't think it's there. For, I don't know. I. I hope I'm proven wrong, mainly because I think the guy that made For Honor is awesome. He looks like a Viking. <laughs> and I want him to be DLC for the game. If, if he if he comes out as a playable character, I will buy the gold edition of For Honor that day, just so I can play as him. Right, I'll, I'll send him an email later. <laughs> but, I don't know, playing it, maybe it's just me, I, just, I, didn't, I didn't really take to it. I don't think it's really got the the staying power for, for 10, 20, 30 weeks of, of online faction-based competition. But we shall see. comes out tomorrow. So yeah. I haven't seen any reviews. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm assuming Ubi haven't given review code out yet. But all, Pretty sure it's embargoed. Yeah. I've just I've been too busy today. I've been at work and doing stuff, so I haven't really had a chance to, to check. But, you know, I hope it comes out all right. I hope, I hope people like it. It's just I don't think it was my thing. It felt sluggish felt slow but we'll see but on to the big stuff and this dude I got into so much trouble yeah I imagine that your wife's <laughs> well, probably I, I already murdered you right so so Monday Monday night yeah Monday night when when you and I were recording with our critics before we recorded the wife was out I sent her out to the unlimited screening for hidden figures and I was just kind of sitting there with rules of engagement or something on a browsing website. I was like, oh, I wonder if anyone's got VR in stock. And it turns out, yes, people have VR in stock. I text the wife. I was like, yeah, there's, there's some VR in stock. I'm just seeing how much. And she went, just see how much it is. And she came home. I went, so I bought a VR. <laughs> <laughs> and like the next day, I had like eight boxes of shit delivered. So I had the, the VR delivered the move controllers delivered the, the, the new camera a couple of games I was like oh fuck <laughs> I didn't do you have a PS4 Pro? I don't have a PS4 Pro no just I have a, a standard level poverty spec yeah. PlayStation 4 but so so, you don't need a Pro really you don't need a Pro so I don't I, I do not understand the difference in VR with a Pro I know it looks better and it plays slightly better because it's a Pro if it didn't, there would be something wrong. But I assume you still need all the shit that is sat currently next to my PS4. Yes. Anybody that wants to text me or tweet me or something and tell me otherwise, I'd love to know. Because, to be honest, the only reason I didn't bother buying a PS4 Pro as I bought all this stuff was because I still don't have a 4K TV. Yeah. Anyway. Pretty, pretty sure that the Jellyman will, will tell us. I hope so. When he, when he hears this through. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I bought, and as I promised, I promised myself I would. I bought Resident Evil Seven with it, but I had to kind of work my way up to Resident Evil Seven. <laughs> but I tell you what, right? This and this is the first VR experience that I've had of modern day VR. I literally, I bought this thing sight unseen. I just went, I want PlayStation VR, and I bought it. It could have gone horribly, horribly wrong. I could have been one of these people that just never can use VR because it just makes me sick all the time. Luckily, I'm not. Hooray! 
Hooray! Because that would have gotten me into a whole world of trouble. I'd have bought it off you, don't worry. <laughs> so I installment. Picked, yeah. So I picked up... Yeah, I, I, I already owned Tumble because I owned Tumble for Move for the PS3. <laughs> so I, it's just it was a couple of quid to update it, which I was good with. Have you ever played Tumble? I haven't, no. Tumble is outstanding. It's just a puzzle game. It literally is you stacking shit. But it's in this really immersive... Th- Dude, I can't explain how... Have you tried a PSVR? Uh, yes, EGX. I've played other VRs, but PSVR, yeah. I, d- I could not believe how good it was. Like, I expected it to look nice, and I expected it to work well. But I was like, nah, it's going to be a bit crap. And what I didn't expect was, within an hour, I'm trying to touch things that are in front of me that aren't really there. I was like completely immersed. I was blown away with how good this thing is. So yeah, I'm playing this fucking tumble where you get your move controls and you just stack things. But you can literally, <laughs> you can lean round, you can look, you know, you can, because you have to be kind of sat directly in front. It's, it's all, it's a seated experience for PSVR. But you kind of sit and you can look around things and you lean forwards and you look up and the whole thing moves with you and it was outstanding. I was, I could not believe what I was, what I was doing, what I was playing. It was brilliant. Tumble's kind of where I spent most of my time apart from one other game. <laughs> so I rented Briggs because it's from Gorilla and I kind of I wanted to give it a go. A lot of people have said it's really good. The, Riggs, the company that closed down very yeah. recently. Yeah, Gorilla Cambridge. Riggs ruined my Thursday. <laughs> like completely ruined my Thursday. It came through the letterbox Thursday morning and I put it on and I played the tutorial the tutorial lasts about 15 minutes and I got so motion sick I had to take it off and I had to lay down and I that was it I couldn't put it on again for the rest of the day I felt ill the entire day and then your wife came home and beat you with the VR well I did at, at that point I was like shit all I've really done at this point is play like the few demo things like the shooting gallery for the London heist and stuff like that. I was like, that's all fun, but I've played this first proper game and it's made me ill. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> uh, I felt like Jason Statham at the end of Snatch. <laughs> he just goes, now we are fucked. I was like, yes, now I am fucked. Uh, luckily, so far, Riggs has been the exception because I've played, I think I'm about halfway through Rush of Blood, which is really fun. Which one's Rush of Blood? Rush of Blood is the Until Dawn VR ah. expansion. VR experience. Yeah. Rather uh, than which, expansion. Which is basically, you're on, it's an on-rail shooter. You're basically on a roller coaster in a haunted house. And you have to go through shooting things that jump out at you. Uh, I haven't tried it with the controller yet because I, I bought the move controllers at the same time. But with the move controllers, literally you just point and shoot at everything, and it's brilliant. Everything it feels tactile. It feels it feels like you're doing stuff. It is amazing. It is a lot of fun. I so the new camera picks up the the move controllers quite well then. Yeah, actually, I mean because you can use the old camera, the old. PS4 camera with VR. 
I just I got rid of my camera when I got rid of my old PlayStation because I wasn't using it. My PlayStation didn't even come with a camera, so it's. Well, fine. no, I I bought one. Uh, I bought one the next. Obviously, I bought my PS4 launch day, and I bought yeah. a bit of everything. I bought the, the camera. I bought extra controllers. I bought all that guff because the camera you use it to play Playroom, which is quite cool. Oh yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the move it's it's almost perfect one to one as well. I haven't had a problem with the move controllers yet, and obviously Tumble uses move. Rush of Blood uses move. VR Worlds uses move for some of the. I haven't played all of VR Worlds, just a demo bit, and they use, and that works really very well. It's it's impressive how good it actually is. I I was because I had move for PS3, and it was a steaming bag of horseshit. Well, it wasn't a steaming bag of shit, but it was a lacking experience at times. And at the end of the day, once you got past playing frisbee golf with your move. It wasn't an awful lot really worth doing. Like Wii Bowling. After Wii Bowling, you didn't really want to do anything else. Yeah. I, I played Resi 5 with the Move because they had, they had the Move edition not long after the Move came out. Uh, and I didn't really get on with it. I didn't play very well. I didn't like it. So I was I was dubious, but I was convinced now. Or I am convinced now. It's the, the Move is, for it is very good. But I tell you where I spent the majority of my time and I didn't think this was actually going to happen so with Eve Valkyrie alright have you come across Eve Valkyrie I know of it I didn't realise that was your thing it's not <laughs> and that, evidently it is <laughs> well that's the thing That's the, it's a flight sim you know it's just it's multiplayer space battles I genuinely did not think it was going to be my thing but I played the demo and I was like okay this is quite fun this is you know again you, you sit down you can look around in your headset and you can see all the, the ship behind you and you can you can look around you can look up if there's somebody above you and you can see everything it's it's an experience I didn't expect to be that good but then you actually play the game and it is outstanding like, it's really really fun so again I, I rented it from Boomerang and I whacked it in the machine next minute I know I've spent four hours playing a fucking flight sim I don't think I've ever done that on a console before. Not in one sitting. It was a lot of fun. Or it is a lot of fun. But because it's all set in the Eve universe as well, it all kind of... Obviously, if you've played Eve, or Dust to a point, it all kind of follows the same same notions. You know, you're a, you're a Valkyrie pilot, you are, you're a clone, which was a big thing that came along with Dust 514. Yeah, it's, it has a little bit of a story, but it's mainly multiplayer. It's <clears throat> it's probably so far as as far as games go, it's probably the definitive VR experience that I've had. But then I put on Resident Evil Seven. Huh. Well, <laughs> do you have to pay extra for that, or is it just part of the Resident Evil Seven package that it's, it has it's, it's VR? Just, it's just VR compatible on the PS4. Okay. There's no extra. There's no paying extra for it. There's, it's just a game that's VR compatible. Like a previous generation of Move or Connect compatible games. Yeah, yeah, it's just something that is there, and I have to admit I was a little bit sceptical because when you walk around the outside of the house, and you because again you can kind of look around and you know you can look up, try and look under things and that, and <laughs> the 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 textures look a little flat, 
like you try to look at grass and leaves in it and you try to look around them and it just looks like a texture it just looks like you're walking around an old 3D game yeah but it's not bad it still looks quite good but here's the problem <clears throat> do you remember last week last week two weeks ago when Matt was on with us and we were talking about when you play horror games the thing you do is just up the brightness yeah whack up the brightness a bit so you can see everything that's coming and it's not it's nowhere near as scary then doing it that way so I walked ran into the or to the front of the Baker house I walked into the house I closed the door and suddenly realised I hadn't adjusted my brightness settings because everything was pitch black <laughs> so I went to adjust my brightness settings and you can't no you probably can't there are no brightness settings to adjust on the PSVR version of Resident Evil 7 yeah because you'll just blind yourself at which point I took off the headset and went nope I am not doing that (laughs) (laughs) took the discount for Eve back on (laughs) Uh, it sounds like my experience of Resident Evil 7 just in general Hmm. yeah no I'm not doing this anymore I will definitely go back and do it again uh, I will finish it because literally I bought this I spent 450 quid on equipment so I could play Resident Evil 7 I'm not playing the first 10 minutes and then stopping I have to carry on but I was not prepared for that <laughs> I went nope I'm not doing that at all and the, the, the other problem I've got is at the time or pretty much constantly in my house when I'm playing games when I'm fucking podcasting my dog is in the corner of the living room scratching, shaking her head moving around, doing whatever with a VR headset on I can't see her but I can hear her and it freaks <laughs> me out yeah because you don't know if it's her or if it's in the game because yep. that's the whole point of VR is that it it changes your perception completely Absolutely. so it was it was making me a bit jumpy already so I was like actually you know what no, I'm, lit- oh, I'm not fucking prepared for this I'm not doing this. Just no. It's, Work your way up to that. Yeah, it's sat next to the PlayStation camera at the moment, just fucking taunting me. But play, play some more tumble. Stack a couple more shelves. Absolutely. Oh, tumble's so much fun. Uh, fuck. What's there's a there's a simulator game on on Steam, which is in the the Vive library somewhere. Not well, not the the VR library in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what the fucking game is now. It's like uh, a workplace simulator. Job, job simulator. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, there's a demo for it on the di- on the demo disc you get with the PSVR. I haven't looked at it yet. There's a, quite a few demos, actually. To, I mean, I do think that some of these games, maybe VR Worlds, should have been free with the machine. Yeah. Or you shouldn't have to buy an, a more expensive bundle to get, because I just bought the hardware. I didn't buy a bundle or anything. I just bought it the cheapest I could. Yeah. Uh and I do wish I had VR Worlds and you can pick up a copy for about 25-30 quid which I will probably do unfortunately I have just spent this month's next month's and the month after's slush fund money buying this PlayStation VR so I have no spare funds yeah Uh, but I will pick up VR Worlds and have a go but I do think that feels like the kind of game that should come with it but the demo disc is fully loaded with demos, even though a couple of them, like the Eve one only lasts about three minutes Yeah. Uh, they've, one of them has Here They Lie on though, which I haven't tried yet but Here They Lie is one of the ones I wanted to have a go at, because it's another horror game 
uh, it's got mixed reviews. I know a lot of people have said it's really good, and then a lot of people like Jim Sterling have said, A, it's a fucking terrible game, and B, it made me nauseous. Uh, so I'm tempted, but I don't want to buy it, so I might rent that one again after I finally get around to sending rigs back. <laughs> but You know you need. You, you know exactly the game that you need. Go on. Mortal Kombat on VR. Oh, God, no. <laughs> you put your VR on, you wear your move controller, and you control Scorpion yourself. Oh, fuck. Oh, God, that'd be terrible. Like, I'd never win a match ever, for one. <laughs> Turn the difficulty right down to easy. <laughs> yeah. I am quite looking forward to playing some normal games in VR, because it does look like you're sitting in front of a cinema screen with this thing on. Like, before games start, and you're just looking at the, the XMB, it just looks like a massive cinema screen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm quite looking forward to trying that. Apparently it's been hacked as well, so you can use it on PC. Ah, oh, okay. So I might give that a try at some point, because my my laptop could definitely handle VR. So I might give it a butcher's, but that's for later. <laughs> but yeah, all in all, I was really, really impressed, and I'm glad I bought it. I'm glad it doesn't suck, and I am really very impressed with it. It, uh, I don't know what I was expecting when I bought it, but it was—it's—it's it's absolutely blown me away. I'm—I'm I'm glad you like VR. I—I I really am. So there—there there is that, because I—I uh, I like VR. I but my experience of it so far has been a couple of tech demos at uh, EGX from last year and a little bit of uh, Vive use that I've—I've I've had as well. You live ten minutes drive from my house. I know. I'll I'll be round in I'll be round in a couple of weeks. Come down here and we'll set you up on it. It's I I I let I let I didn't let because I'm not a cunt. I you know <laughs> I set the wife up on it so she could have a go. So, uh, you you could look but you can't touch. I know right. Just sitting in the corner. This is my five hundred quid worth of kit. You can't go anywhere near it. I'd literally you, end up wearing it up my ass. You end up breathing in the same room <laughs> as this is in, and I will kill you. But. uh even she was quite impressed with it. You know, she literally she just played like Tumble and like the the VR Worlds demo, and just because my wife doesn't play games. No. Yeah, my wife tried to play Darksiders once and gave up at the first mini boss. First mini boss was hard, man. I know, but she refused to go any further. I do give her props for trying. To be fair, because Darksiders can be a tough game for a non-gamer, but and she does. Yeah, she. But my missus, her her games are wee bowling. Frisbee golf, you know, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I have never, not once, taken the piss out of my wife for not playing games. I am. F- You're not brave enough. Well, no, it's not that. You know, it's part of it. I well, no, it's not that at all. I'm I'm from the generation where there ain't that many women my age that play games. You know, there are a f- there are quite a few, but there ain't as many as there are blokes. And you know, my missus just doesn't play games. That's fine. There's no, I have no problem with that whatsoever. You know, it's it's just the way it is, and I'm just I'm lucky that I've got a missus that lets me play games, and watch films, and pretty much rule the living room with very little argument. I'm a very lucky man. But yeah, and she's not even in the room to hear me say that, <laughs> and she doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'll get zero props for ever for saying that ever. You'll get zero props for it. She'll never know that you said it, and I will, under oath, uh, <laughs> declare the opposite. If you ever tried to mention it, yeah, but you know, so I, so, I, so I let her have a go, and you know, she, I mean, even she was quite impressed, and she got quite into, the, and I think it's like the, and the thing, like I said earlier, it's the one-to-one movement 
once you're using a move controller. Everything is so fluid and everything just works. It's really impressive. Really impressive. I I can't wait to put it back on and get back into playing other games that aren't Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna play Resident Evil. You can't for even if I came over to yours to play on the VR, if you even put Resident Evil near the PlayStation, no, I would I, I would smash your VR on the floor. It's one of those things that you just kinda go, it's people don't like you know, it's like forcing someone to sit down and watch a horror film if they don't want if they don't like horror. You know, you're not gonna no one gets any benefit from it at all. And I'm not that big of a bell end. <laughs> but yeah, it it's definitely it's something worth you know, when once you actually get a few games to play it on, it's it's really good. I I do genuinely hope that once like E three rolls around we get some more games announced because there was this massive influx at the beginning of its life and then we've heard nothing apart from Resident Evil. So here's hoping for some more. But yeah, that's that's my what we've been playing. I had a week off of work, so I, I played plenty and only finished one game. One one quick question. Go on. With the playing Resident Evil, mm-hmm. is what you're playing that is that you can see in the VR, is that shown on, say, the TV screen as well? Yes. For instance, what I'm saying is, can you put the VR headset on someone and then play Resident Evil with them experiencing the VR, but you're the one in the control? So it's like they are watching... No, because the problem with that is because they've got the headset on, they're the ones in control of the game. Uh, yeah, because it follows the head tracking, doesn't if, it? Yeah, it does. It follows the head. So if you if they go, you know, and shake, you're going to be playing. You'll literally be playing a game on shaky cam. It, yeah, it would be nigh on impossible. And the worst thing it would do is the first jump scare, they look away, and now you're dead because you can't fucking do anything because your character you, has just accidentally looked away. Can you disable the head tracking? No, because there'd be no point in VR then. Uh, I suppose. I suppose if you turn off VR mode, because VR mode is something it asks you to activate when you turn the game on. I suppose if you turn off VR mode, it's just playing it on the screen on your headset, which would work. Yeah. I suppose. I, it, it was a, an idea in my head that didn't really translate at all to any kind of <laughs> reasoning whatsoever. No, I was just thinking that you could play Resident Evil... And then have someone experience it as if they're watching a film through the eyes of the person who's playing. That would be that would not be fun to not have control of what's going on and not be able to look away. That I can't imagine that being any kind of fun, even for like horror lovers like me. I don't think that would be fun at all. Like the the people who pay to, oh, what was what's that thing in America where the, the people pay to be essentially tortured horror film style? Yeah, I know the thing you mean. Fuck that as well. I mean, that's a special kind of psycho. <laughs> you know, and again, you know, I love horror. Horror's my favourite genre of anything. But to sit through that, you've got to be a fucking nutter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it. I mean, it's. I suppose it would work if you'd done that. But I don't suppose any. I don't suppose the person not playing would get any enjoyment from it at all. Depends on the, your friends, I guess. And it, but the other problem is if the person wearing the headset is also a gamer, you can imagine them getting really fucking frustrated with you not doing things that they can see you need to do. <laughs> that would be I really suppose. annoying. Especially yeah. with things like Resident Evil where you've got a couple of shadow lock puzzles, which uh, would be frustrating to watch somebody else doing. Or you see something in the corner of your eye because you've got, well, the VR vision, you can see everything nice and clearly. Yeah. 
it's right in front of your face whereas you're sitting you know 10 feet away from your tv yep. so you can't see that thing in the corner no so that would be a problem i think but maybe not for resident evil maybe for some other games though maybe <laughs> i can't think of any no does vr work when you're watching a blu-ray i believe so well the headset works well, I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't mean the the whole virtual reality experience. I just mean you can sit there and watch a film through the headset whilst. Um, yeah. So it's what you get. I've not tried it, but from what I've read, what happens is you just have the screen in front of you, and it's like they describe it as watching it in a dark theater. So it's just black everywhere except for the the screen. But I don't know. Again, I th- I think I'd get quite annoyed if every time I move my head, the screen moved with me. I think watching a film like that would actually be quite disconcerting considering you know we're used to watching a film on a TV and you can just turn your head 15, when you're not 15 foot in front of us and if I want to look at it sideways I can yeah you just lie down yeah and then you know watch it from the side or you're, you're kind of bored of what's going on so you decide to look away or your eyes are getting a little tired and you want to you know yeah. again turn your head and you turn your head and you've still got it directly in front of your face <laughs> everywhere you look is Mad Max yeah. there's nothing wrong with that but yeah I, I suppose I mean, it's probably I will probably try it at some point. I, I will probably try the same as playing non VR games on it when Horizon comes out. But I don't suppose I would actually in reality use it for anything that isn't a VR title. But yeah, I think that's all my what we've been playing talked about, mate. Yep. Uh and I think that's that's us done then, isn't it, apart from recommendations? Just recommendations. Cool. So yeah, so before we uh before we bugger off for the evening or for the day or the, for the we- week for, for the fortnight whatever, yeah for the whatever you're listening to just over a fortnight really because you know, oh yeah because we're recording Monday because it's Valentine's Day tomorrow I, dude I've got the best Valentine's Day planned ever tomorrow you're going to force your wife to watch you play Resident Evil no <laughs> in the, VR <laughs> the, the wife is going to the 10 past 3 show of John Wick chapter 2 while I'm still at work huh. and then when I come home I'm going out to watch John Wick 2 on my own. (laughs) Yeah. I I was contemplating putting myself on a John Wick show and then thought, you know what? No, I'm I'm not going to be that guy who goes out and watch a film on Valentine's Day. Well, the thing for me is I don't give a fuck. That wasn't how we planned it, to be fair. No. Because when I said, can we record on Monday because it's Valentine's, I thought we might actually do something because it's half term. So the wife's off work. But I was like, when we decided, well, no, actually, we're not going to do anything. I was like, well, I'm going to see fucking John Wick. Fuck you. Well, because we don't really care that much about Valentine's yeah. Day. Is it? We don't do anything, you know. We, you know, we have, you know, we do meals out and we do trips out and we do stuff. I'm more interested in doing stuff, you know, the three of us, me, wife, and kid. You know, that's that's much more fun than forcing a romantic evening out on a random fucking Tuesday. Piss off. Well, well you're that you're that right proper type of married person where you actually do things, you know, just on a regular basis together. Yeah. So. So Valentine's Day isn't actually a special day to do things. You don't go, oh yeah, let's go out and have and do X, Y, and Z because it's Valentine's Day. That's just Saturday. That and I'm a cunt. I've got no, no intention of going out and spending four times as much on a fucking meal just because it's the 14th of Poxy February. I'll go out on the 15th and spend a normal amount. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like my dad. <laughs> Let's be honest, there's nothing that you would do on Valentine's Day that you and your wife don't just do on Saturday or a day off work or even just in the evening. 
exactly. or a day off work. This is what I mean. Like Monday just gone, we you know we watched Super Bowl and then we went out for a film and then had something to eat and you know we done stuff. I don't I don't need a random Tuesday in February to do that. We just do it anyway. That's what Pancake Day's for. Exactly. That, that's a random Tuesday in February. It's the only Tuesday worth worrying about in February. <laughs> you know, I just if people need a special day to get themselves some adult cuddle time, that's fine. I don't. <laughs> a little bit of horizontal dancing. Exactly. You know, and the only thing I've got to say about Valentine's Day is happy birthday for November for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All those lovely people born on the 14th of November. <laughs> but David, my brother's a November baby, and I take the piss out of him every year for it. Yeah, as they should. <laughs> Anyways, before we bugger off and don't do anything for Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, hang on, I'm giving blood on Valentine's Day. That's probably better than anything anyone's doing. That's what everybody else is doing on Valentine's Day. They're just doing it with cash instead, mate. It's the exact yeah. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, have we got a record? Have you got a recommendation for listeners? I do. Um, well, I, in theory, at time of release for this game, it will have already been out for on Games with Gold, and that's the digital edition of Project Cars. The racing game that is, in fact, probably the best, and uh, it's probably the best racing game you can get on console. It blows every other one that's available out of the water in terms of realism. Okay. If you're an arcade player like Brooker, then it's not really your idea. No, ideal I, game I do not like Project Cars at all. My my only issue that I ever had with Project Cars was that after starting off in the go-karting and then after doing about half a season being let loose in a LMP car for a, a, an endurance race yeah. kind of took me out of the game massively because the controls are so different. I was no. spinning. I was spinning. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm not a sim player. I, I spent more time playing For Honor than I did playing Project Cars. It's just not my thing. No. It's not it's, a lot of things. It is good that it's gone on to Games of Gold, though. I, I was quite impressed when I saw that. But uh, my recommendation is nowhere near as complicated as Project Cars. Uh, but it is almost as cool a release, because I'm, it's, I keep wanting to buy this game, and I kept putting it off, and I'm glad I did, on PlayStation Plus this month. So until the first Tuesday of March, you can get Little Big Planet 3 for PS4 for free if you have a PS Plus subscription which if you're like me and you spent money on DLC for Little Big Planet 1 and 2 you can still use all of your DLC on Little Big Planet 3 mm-hmm. which is awesome because I can get my little kill zone guy back and I can go and fuck around in worlds of Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie so I'm quite looking forward to I've downloaded it ready to go I'm quite looking forward to playing that at some point Little Big Planet VR that needs to happen that would yeah but even just a a title update so Little Big Planet 3 was VR compatible. Don't even make it so you have to buy a v, you know another game. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. But the guys that made a, a Media Molecule have got that weird move-based 3D painting thing coming at some point, haven't they? I can't even remember what it's called. But if that's still a thing, I would put money on that appearing on PSVR at some point as well. But yeah, I think that's it, mate. That's us done. I think that's another... Us done. Another episode down. Yeah. How many is that now? What's this? 
12? 12, yeah, 12. Not bad. It's a I lot thought, further than I was expecting. Yeah, I, I, I honestly thought Owen was going to kick us off after one or two. Maybe no. because you kept using the word spat. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I've got to cut that out now. <laughs> but, right. I didn't use it in a bit of important conversation. True. But uh, talking of Owen, I've, I do have a couple of shout-outs to put out, as I do, obviously, you know, every every couple of episodes. And the biggest one, obviously, is to to Owen, Owen, Mr. Hughes of, of the Fail Critics. Glorious leader. Yeah, who... Uh, was kind enough to have us both on Fail Critics last week, where we got to talk about the Resident Evil film, instead of the Resident Evil game, and somehow managed to talk about the game anyway. Yeah, uh, I think we spoke more about the game than we did the film. Because the game's more interesting. The, or the game franchise, as yeah. in general. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, that was a really cool episode. I actually, I, I listened to it the other day, and I think it actually came out really well. Uh, so yeah, you know, obviously there's a big thanks to, to Owen, and a big shout out to Fail Critics. If you don't listen to Foul Critics, but you've listened to us. I don't know how that works because we're on the Foul Critics feed. But obviously, if you're just kind of listening just for us, do give the Foul Critics a listen if you're into films because it's basically this just for movies. Uh, and I would encourage you to chase down the Underground Knights feed as well, which is uh, our good buddy Paul Field and very famous stand up comedian James Mullinger, uh, who have their own kind of cult movie podcast, which is like the anti failed critics. <laughs> uh, but them two are great. They're they're really funny, and they're you know they they every time you listen to one of their episodes, you'll come out with three or four films that you've never heard of that you have to go and watch. So you know they're always worth listening to. And then you know a, a few of our friends, and we do have a few. Obviously, got got Matt, Mister Lamborn, who is a regular on the RDGS podcast, the Retro Gaming Discussion Show. Uh, he's just put out an episode talking about. Old football games, which I haven't listened to, because I need to work myself up to it. But I will listen to it. Old football or old soccer games? Old soccer games. There we go. Yeah, Chris, Jellyman, and the same coin guys. He gives bless him. He gives a shout out every week, and I know he's listening to us. And he ploughed through a load of our episodes and didn't tell me to fuck off. So we can't <laughs> we can't be doing too bad. So yeah, do listen to to the same coin podcast. They're good. Well, not good, they're a great bunch of guys. Uh, Last Save Loaded, who put out alternating game and, and film podcasts. They're very good guys. And Pilch, Pilches and Cream. Have you listened to the Pilches and Cream podcast at all? I'll be honest, I hadn't heard of them before today. Okay. So Pilch, Pilch is a cool dude, and what he does is he gets podcasters from, uh, well, hosts and, and people from other podcasts and talks to them about their show and about games and, and, and stuff and I think he's like 17 or 18 episodes in and actually listening to him is why I started listening to like Last Save Loaded because he had Colin from Last Save Loaded on the show and I was like okay I kind of want to have a listen to that and it was one of the ones that like Chris mentioned at the end of every same coin and that so there's a couple that I've started listening to because of, of Pilch and bless him he got hold of me the other day and he asked if I wanted to be on his show so when this I mean, this episode should go up on Friday, so tomorrow, so that Saturday. Saturday, should be the new episode of Pilchards and Cream, which will have me on it. I'm going to send him so many questions. Don't, mate. I'm shitting myself. I <laughs> so I put so obviously I used the character unlock Twitter account and I retweeted the stuff that he's put out, but I also put it on Facebook and then from my personal Facebook account I shared it, 
it's had one like so far, and that one like is from my mum. Oh, and that's sweet. No, because now I'm <laughs> fucking terrified that my mum's going to send in some dodgy, shitty ass question because my mum figures herself a comedian when she is not. She is Don't about as all. funny as a jam jar full of Ebola. That sounds pretty hilarious to me. <laughs> Depends if you're spreading on your toast, really, doesn't it? Or someone else's toast. Yeah. So I'm genuinely terrified that she's going to send something fucking stupid in, but I will find out on Thursday. I'm recording Thursday night, hopefully. Uh, so yeah, but he has. He's also you know, obviously he's given us a shout out on his show. He's, he said he's listening to us, and again, you know we've ma- we've made it into his regular rotation, which is good. And you know I've, I've said it a million times before. We we get so many people that we talk to on Twitter or that that talk to us on Twitter that just they like they they listen to the show and they like the show. And these are people that I've listened to for quite some time on other podcasts, and it's it's a, a hell of a humbling experience to get messages from these people. I was like, so you absolutely have to go and listen to these guys because when we done this or when I text you and said shall we do the gaming podcast I wanted to be these people and now these people listen to us yep. so everybody should give them a listen but yeah I think I'm done gushing for the week maybe the gaming podcast community is the only thing keeping the gaming podcast community alive it's, it's just it we're, we're all listening to each other's podcasts yeah Hey, man, That's we, all it takes. We got, we got a shout out on the Bad Cop Bad Cop show last week, but yeah, I was I was very chuffed to get a, a shout out on on Bad Cop Bad Cop. I don't know what I've done to to earn Jerry's uh, respect, and uh, but he's, he's such a cool guy and he loves us. So. I know what you've done to get his respect. You you live with your wife. That's enough. Well, this is this is true. <laughs> My the wife way... takes so much shit on that show. Yeah. <laughs> She brings it on herself. She does. But, yes, you know, I was really chuffed. You know, I, I was listening, I was like, oh, that's really nice. Bless him, I kind of, he said, you know, the uh, character I'm like, oh, that's, that's Brooker's one, oh, cool. Brooker's also failed critics. I'm like, well, no, I'm not. I'm just on it sometimes. That's not mine. <laughs> yeah. But Well, it is what it is. But obviously, you know, if you've got absolutely no moral compass... You should also be going to listen to the Bad Cop, Bad Cop show because they're hilariously offensive. So yeah, that's that's us done. We uh, so we got a fortnight. Yeah, until then, for a fortnight. Where can people find you, my friend? You can find me on Twitter at the John underscore CU and on Xbox Live as Long Dong Silver. Cool. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Brooker four one one. And you can find me at Foul Critics. Or you can find us both on Foul Critics last week. Potentially. If you haven't had a listen to it yet, go back and have a listen. It was a good episode. I am doing a lot of writing for Foul Critics. I've got a load of Oscar stuff to write up. And I'm on Foul Critics, I think, for the next two episodes covering Oscars before and after. So you can always find me over there. And if you don't want to find either of us in either on either of those places, you can find Character Unlock at Twitter and at Facebook. Both are at Character Unlock. And finally, you can find us back here again in a couple of weeks. So until then, thanks, as always, for listening to us. Character Unlock was presented by Andrew Brooker and John Miller, with music provided with permission from Miracle of Sound from the track A Dog's Life. Character Unlock is recorded for failed critics and is a part of the failed media network of podcasts, along with Field and Mullinger's Underground Nights, 
and the Failed Critics Film Podcast. And you can check us out at failedcritics.com or find us on Twitter at Character Unlock. Thanks for listening. I'm a scat man. I'm a scat man. Everybody stutters one way or the other, so check out my message to you. As a matter of fact, I don't let nothing hold you back. If the scat man can do it, so can you. Everybody's saying that the scat man stutters, but does and never stutter when he sings. But what you don't know, I'm gonna tell you right now that the stutter and the scat is the same thing. Yo, I'm the scat man. Where's the scat man? I'm the scat man. Why should we be pleasing any politician? Reasons would try to change the seasons if they could. The state of the condition insults my intuition and it only makes me crazy and a heart like wood. Everybody stutters one way or the other, so check out my message to you. As a matter of fact, don't let nothing hold you back. If the scat man can do it, brother, so can you. I'm the scat man. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.